Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so happy to have you join us again. My guest today is Olivia Barker, and she came and interviewed with me back in June. Um, she had <laughs> yes, some exciting things happening in her life. Hi, Liv. Hi, Jody. Thank you for having me back. Thank you so much. I mean, we wanted to do another follow-up interview, and this just sort of happened. So <laughs> thank you for going with the flow. Thank you for being here. I know that you are like, can pivot as fast as anybody else can. I love you. Thank you. And so Olivia's episode back in June was living in her truth at 31. And the story was about Olivia falling in love with a woman and Mm -hmm. that being the first time in her life. And lots of people have been very, very interested in that episode And I think it's amazing what kind of an impact her story has had on so many of our listeners. And Liv, like, do you believe this? Like, do you believe that there are so many people listening to your wonderful story? You know, every time I get get an update about the numbers of listens, I am shocked. I am honored. I am so grateful to have been a guest on your platform in order to share my story with people. And clearly, I mean, clearly people, uh, the general public were looking for how to be authentic, how to live in our truth. And so when you see that at such a pivotal age, you know, 30, 31, um, that it's on one hand, it's a shock to me to have seen it, it go so well. And on the other hand, I I get it. I mean, if I came across a similar podcast, I would definitely listen um, because prior to starting to live in my truth, that's all I wanted was to live in my truth. Mm. Yeah. And I think so many people struggle with finding what their actual truth is. And, you know, we throw around that word, standing in your truth, living in your truth, finding your purpose. You and mm-hmm. I have had many, many, many uh, very honest conversations about love mm-hmm. and relationships, and we have both struggled, and you are 31 and I'm 59, and I've known you since you were born, basically five days mm-hmm. old, I think, is when I met you, and you know, to see you go through those times and my heart going out to you, but you kept pushing yourself to be stronger and stronger and stronger. You sought help from other people. And Mm -hmm. so what, during the time where you were seeking to find your truth, and you may not have known Mm -hmm. that it was your truth that you were seeking, but Mm -hmm. you knew you wanted to find your happiness, let's just say. You knew that Mm -hmm. where you were in life did it make your heart fill up with joy, right? Yeah, exactly. And so what was the first thing that you did to start changing the way your heart felt? The first thing that I did was, you know, essentially meditation. I think that in especially in this day and age, information era, you know, technology era, uh, we are so distracted. You know, life is just a series of distractions, whether for me it's Sudoku lately, um, whether it's uh, people, you know, make music or, or um, they distract themselves themselves with, with bad things, you know, like drugs. So mm-hmm. I think that to actually just meditate and Stop letting the distractions get in the way. Stop focusing so much on 
my job that I wasn't enjoying by, by really thinking what makes me happy. I read something once that said, think back to a time, it could be any time in your life, when you remember being genuinely happy and what were the circumstances there. And for me, it was going back to when I was a camp counselor and I took a, a group of 15-year-olds out west and you know, I was in a leadership position, I was traveling, and I was outdoors in nature all the time. And there was this one particular moment where we were near a cliff, and I just remember jumping, and just, I, I was really myself. And, and even at that point, although I was a, a lot younger, I still felt like I hadn't been um, con- consistently happy. So once I identified that moment, when I felt raw, authentic me, I... I then thought, what's going on here? And like I said, I'm in nature, I'm traveling, I'm taking care of, of people, and I'm with a, a group of also contemporaries, other counselors. And then I realized, I, or then what, the, what I had read said to me, then implement those factors into your life. So a big move that I had this year was moving out of New York City, um, it was kind of forced by COVID, but I moved out of New York City and I landed in a cute little beach town on Long Island. And it is nature galore out here. All I do, as soon as I step outside, I feel uh, a sense of calmness. So I urge anyone who feels that they've been in a, a consistent, less than happy place and they can't figure out which way is up. What do I like? It's a lot of people, a lot of people can identify when they're in that depressive state, they can't identify what it is that they want or need, like you were saying before. And so to think back to a time where you felt genuinely you and genuinely happy, and then try and mimic that, that environment, everything about it, bring it into your life. Those are the things that make you shine and maybe they've just been missing for a little bit. Um, yeah. That is really great advice. Um, I think that a lot of people could benefit from that. And it's interesting. And I think you have to meditate. You have to sit still yes. to remember, to recall, yes. to go back. Because if you don't meditate and you don't sit still with yourself, then you won't be able to remember the things that brought you joy, happiness, you, freedom, that feeling mm-hmm. of freedom. Like you mentioned, jumping off a cliff or a bunch of rocks or whatever it was in that, that amazing. Mm-hmm. Ab- I was just jumping just up and freedom. down. I didn't jump off a cliff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, it's, but it's that childlike. And I think so many yes. adults as you, and especially, you know, you're 31, you're adulting, you're actually really adulting. And it's a little scary when you find yourself, wow, I'm not a kid anymore, but we all want to go back to those childlike feelings because that's what makes us feel alive. Those are what, that's one of the things that makes us feel alive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's a really good point. Thank you. And I feel like, you know, from the many things that I know about you and your incredible story, I'm sure in many ways, I know that you can relate to it um, in terms of losing your way and then finding it again. Yeah, it's a rocky, it's a rocky road, right? It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a rocky and, and it's, road and it's because always we don't going know to what be. direction. Yes, it is. That's right. It's always going to be a little bit of a rocky road and we're always trying to find our way. Is it up, down, sideways? And I think so mm-hmm. many times we are going sideways, right? Can you, you talk about that? Yeah, we're in a relationship before um, Morgan. Right. Okay. So, and it happens in relationships with other people, relationships with your significant other, and most importantly, and something that we really need to face is when it happens in our relationships with ourselves, when we start going sideways rather than, than going in a positive direction. I don't want to say the right direction because there really is no right way, um, but, but going in a positive direction that suits you. And with, in my relationship with Morgan, um, 
we we definitely go through uh, times where we're going sideways and one day rolls into the next. And I think that especially we experience we we mostly experience that I'd say during this COVID pandemic, um, because a lot of our a lot of the things that mix up the day to day are gone. You know, going out, engaging with everyone, with friends, family, um, a lot of that was off the table. So we felt that a little bit, um, but we, we, we talked about it and we confronted it. And by the way, as you know, Jody, but I'll tell the listeners, confrontation is not my strong suit. It's quite the opposite, actually. It's a hard um, thing. It's a hard thing. It's a, it is. But we both, con- when we confront things together, it not only gets us to move in a more positive direction for the both of us, but it also um, makes our relationship stronger to confront topics like, hey, what's going on here? We're, we're moving sideways, you know, for lack of a better uh, word, and we're moving sideways, and what are we going to do to fix that? And once we both confronted it, we then the ideas and, and the moments of, of excitement, they started to just trickle in naturally. I think that, um, and this is kind of switching topics a bit, but in terms of confrontation and, and addressing things, I really believe that uh, that is the first step to making any change is to be able to say it out loud, whether it's in your own head, but you're actually addressing it, you're writing it down, or whether it's to your partner or to your best friend or to your parent or loved one, um, we need to bring up the the issues or the things that aren't working right. And usually, w- without even making, without even doing many active, without actively, you know, instigating the change, things things just naturally start to change. It's like the secret, you know, that book right. you had, uh, yeah, you had recommended yeah. to me many years ago, and it, it certainly brought me to a heightened level of awareness about, um, about the power of thought and the power of the mind. So let's go back to the confrontation thing mm-hmm. again. How did you, how does it compare? Well, we're not going to compare, but how did you finally get over that fear of, of, of actually confronting, mm-hmm. let's say Morgan, because that's who you're in a relationship or anybody who's in your life that maybe mm-hmm. you need to talk about where do you get that strength? Because mostly, most people are very fearful to start um, that conversation with somebody. And I always suggest that you start with all the love in your heart and that's coming from a good place. But I'd like to know mm-hmm. where maybe you used to be in the way you thought about mm-hmm. confrontations or just talking about how you feel so you can change something and how you how you get to that point now? How do you get there and, and confront something now? Okay. Um, that is something that I can definitely speak to because it's one of my uh, current self-explorations. Um, I, like you've said before, I have a very curious mind. And when I wonder something, if I, I can't find the answer in the world around me, I, I go to Google. So I recently was Googling this you know, how to get over fear of confrontation, how to confront someone, et cetera, et cetera. And what I found was so much more interesting and applicable to me than I ever expected. So, um, you know, in the interest of being fearlessly authentic, I will go back to my childhood. And growing up, I had a, I had slash have a mentally ill parent who, Thank, thank the heavens that thanks to the power of medication and meditation and, and exercise that parent is, is doing phenomenally these days. But growing up, things were a little bit different. Uh, prescription medication wasn't as, it wasn't as widespread. It wasn't as, um, you know, things like depression and, um, new mental health issues are coming up every day. Depression had kind of just recently, maybe, maybe in the, in the thirties, forties, we started to recognize depression. But I know that, for example, my grandparents grew up with living depressed. Okay. 
so how does this relate to confrontation? So growing up with a parent who has a mental health condition, it, of course, affected me. And I learned, I, I adapted to, to ensure that I didn't rock the boat in my house with regards to that parent. So when I had things come up as a kid that may require confrontation by any other standards, for me, I, I had to, you know, adapt to the conditions around me and realize that if, if I bring, if I tell, if I tell the parent, my parent that I, you know, got bullied, okay, there, mm-hmm. there was this one time in sixth grade when a neighbor who actually lived next to you back in the day, she wrote a note in the bus seat that said, Olivia is a B word. And I guess I could probably curse on here, but I won't because I prefer not to. Um, It's okay. You're welcome. And Olivia is a B word. And I remember debating with myself whether or not to show my mom or my, and my dad. I, I debated whether or not to bring it up. Anyway, I did bring that note up to my parents and there was a little bit of hysteria and, and, um, and, you know, almost as if it was my parents who had a note written about them. They were more upset than I were, than I was. So as a result of that and other circumstances, I learned to just not, not share it and not confront it. And if I, if I don't like, if I didn't like something the way that it was, if it didn't suit me, I learned to just go with the flow, as we say. I learned to not rock the boat. And I think that a Could lot I interrupt of people, you for a second? of course, yeah, of course. So, you know, obviously I knew you your entire life and I knew that right. I knew you when all of this was happening. And I remember you being very passive in that sense. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear your perspective now in that mm-hmm. you kind of withdrew from the situation in saying, you know what, not going to bring this up because there's, there might be hysteria. I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. I don't want to make things worse. So how did that make you feel to hold that stuff in? Was there anybody that you talked to? Did you talk to friends? Who did you talk to? It, if anything, I talked to my brother. But it, it, I, I knew, especially at that young age, that the only people who, I, who could really help me were my my parents and I wasn't able to confront them. Wait, rewind. I'm having a flashback. And someone who I talked to was you. You were there for me. I could cry right now thinking Aww. thinking back to all the incredible ways that you were there for me and you told me you were you you filled the spaces that I needed filled. Um you know, You're as, making me cry because I remember, and I, I didn't ask you that question for you to say that, but I, I mean, I remember. Like, I, I remember. I yeah, I know. And look at, look at us. We're both in tears here. Um, and, yeah, you just learn to keep it in. And I think that there are many, many people in the world who grew up with similar circumstances and they've adapted accordingly. And it does affect you as you grow up and decisions need to be made and things need to be confronted. And you've built this wall up where you just you hide, hide all your feelings behind the wall, all your possible, possibly negative or confrontational feelings. You just keep them in. And that's the worst thing anyone can do. But it, it's, for me, it's really been a learning experience. Ever since that fateful night when I Googled this and, and discovered incredible, incredible uh, you know, reckon, reckonings about my past, I, um, it, it's actually made me, it, it, it made me want to try confrontation and, and learn from what happens now when I confront things because it's, it's not the same way that it was. And um, the ability, uh, learning to adapt and become uh, more, I don't want to, I don't want to say honest, um, but more forthcoming with my 
feelings and emotions. It's been, it's been a, a learning journey. So I think a lot of people connotate confrontation with negativity and they think that if you're going to confront a person or a subject or whatever it is that you're confronting, that there's some negativity in it. And I think that we need to be kinder to ourselves and understand that when we're confronting somebody about something that's either that's affecting a relationship that you're in and all a relationship means Mm -hmm. is the way you relate to one another, whether it's your lover, it's your husband, wife, best Mm -hmm. girlfriend, best guy friend, uh, you know, somebody you work with, it's a relationship. So if you're relating to one another and there's something you need to tell them, I think there is very much a very loving and kind way to say, you know, I really like you, but I would prefer if when we went out for dinner, you didn't chew with your mouth open. Something simple like that. Right? <laughs> well said, and that does, that also hits, hits close to home for me. Um, but, you know, there, there's a word, there's a word for the, the, the fear or the utter repulsion of mouth sounds when someone's chewing, and it's called misophonia, M-I-S-O. P-H-O-N-I-A, and I suffer from it. I cannot handle the, the sounds. It, it gives me the same level of stress as someone might get if from someone shaking their leg or knee, you know, bouncing their foot. For me, misophonia, oh, it's not good. Well, anyway, Liv, Liv, I yeah. didn't know this about yeah. you. And let's I, go back in your childhood for a minute when I took you and Alyssa out for uh, sushi. Remember? Okay. Yes. I don't know if you remember. I think you both had braces. I do remember. It was disgusting. And you were both eating we drove sushi. In the, the, the convertible. Do you, do you remember? Yeah. And you were both I totally chewing. remember. It was disgusting. I, I think I might and suffer we from the same gross. thing. I think I want I, you to throw I, up I, because you guys were so gross. We were so gross. I remember we were sitting in that little corner booth just being our crazy selves. <laughs> yeah, you were about, I think, 13 or 14 years old, and it was so disgusting, I thought I was going to throw up. So it's funny because I must <laughs> suffer from the same thing. Um, right, right. But, I mean, it's funny, it's funny that I picked that out. So when you finally <laughs> realized that you were okay, you found the courage to speak up for how you felt, confront somebody, and let them know how you feel, when, do you mm-hmm. remember when that, that happened in your life? Do you remember what caused it? What made you wake up and say, I'm not going to roll over and just take this anymore. I'm going to let this person know what I'm thinking or feeling. I think that the first time and the first time was relatively recently, maybe two, two and a half years ago when I, I, along with the, partner, we ended a, a relationship and I had been holding back the, you know, the doubts I was having. And when I finally expressed it, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the, the anxiety over about it all really dissipated. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, you build up if, if, if you're like me and if you are fearful of confrontation, you build up, uh, you 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 build up anxiety over the issue at hand, and then once you get it out there, ah, oh, it's it's the biggest relief. Um, and then there's also probably some relief over the fact that you know now change is going to happen. Recently, right. I, um, I I confronted Morgan about something, and same thing. I, I was so worried, and then once I did it. And it, it, she it, she loves me. She responded beautifully, and then I responded to that beautifully, and and we are in a much stronger, more secure place with less, you know, little issues ruminating in our minds. It's so important to talk honestly. It's mm-hmm. it's Amen. so important to talk honestly with the person, the two people you're in a relationship the people that you're in an intimate relationship with because otherwise, as you said before, you, you keep it inside, it causes stress, it causes anxiety, 
it ages us, our cortisol levels rise, and we feel really crappy about ourselves mindfully and physically. That's, I mean, you're, you're describing exactly how I felt in all those times. Um, Yeah, it's not an easy way to live that life. And then, as you mentioned, that, that incredible burden being taken off of you is just, you feel free. You finally feel so free of of whatever you were carrying around. And you freed that person because, you know what, more than likely, and we need to take a break in about 30 seconds, um, but more than likely that person uh, probably was feeling similarly to you. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what I have found out when I've confronted somebody about something that maybe was bothering me. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And I, I, I felt all of that. Yeah. Well, when we come back from our commercial break um, in a couple of minutes, we're going to get back talking to Liv and what's going on in her life and more things that she's learning about herself and her engagement and exciting news we're going to share with you when we come back. Thanks, everybody, for (laughs) listening and hanging in there when we're going back and forth with the sound. So (laughs) thank you. We'll see you in a few minutes, everybody. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. Caramax, a place to glow, offers a wide range of services performed by licensed professionals. Their most coveted service offered is their luxury custom airbrush spray tans. Cara's spray tans are 100% gluten, paraben, and sulfate free. So you guys, this stuff is super safe for you. Every client receives a full consultation prior to their appointment in order to ensure flawless, long-lasting results. All of their spray tans and products produce the perfect glowy natural tan. Go to caramax.com today and use the promo code JHB when booking to receive 10% off your service. That's caramax.com, K-A-R-A-M-A-C-S.com. Or you can find Kara on Instagram at kara.max. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am with my guest, Olivia Parker. It's been a crazy (laughs) show. Thanks for hanging in there. We're talking about everything. And hi, Liv. Yes, we are. Hi, Jody. I wanted to share with the audience because so many people have downloaded your episode, Standing in Your Truth at 31. What has happened to you since we last talked in June? (laughs) A lot. Um, On August 6th, this year, of course, I... Mm I'll start at the beginning. So I really needed to get highlights done in my hair. I have brown hair, but it's really brown and gray at this point. Yes, I'm 31, (laughs) and I have half a head full of grays. And so it's brown, white, and blonde, but that blonde turned to orange after I tried to do some COVID uh, self-highlighting. It didn't work so well. So on August 6th, Morgan sent me to go get my hair highlighted. The crazy thing is I didn't think anything of it. I really just thought that she was maybe getting sick of looking at my, you know, Olivia and the Technicolor hair. Um, and, And so after that, she picked me up and we... She said, let's, let's go to the beach. Let's go. We live a block and a half from the beach here. And she goes, let's go to the beach. Um, Nicole and Max are going to join us. Max has a drone. We'll fly the drone over the ocean and look for whales and dolphins and sharks. Great. I'm so excited. I say we should grab binoculars. I, I love this stuff. Anyway, we go to the beach and we're sitting on a towel waiting. It's just me and Morgan. And we're waiting for our friends to show up. I see one of those airplanes flying in the sky, the ones that have a banner behind them. And, you know, we've been seeing them all summer, and I enjoy reading what they say. Right. When I saw my name up there, Olivia, will you marry me? And it was M-E, which are Morgan's initials. I, I, I'm starting to get the, the, the fast heart rate that I got that day. Every time I retell the story, I do, because it was Jody, it was like a moment that was pretty mundane. You know, we've sat on the beach many a time. Um, all of a sudden, was transformed as soon as I saw that airplane at, when, with Morgan asking to marry me. It, that moment was transformed into arguably the most important moment of my life oh. up until now. It, it was crazy. So, And then I looked at Morgan, and she looked at me, and... She helped me stand up. I was shaking profusely, and she got down on one knee and proposed to me on the beach at sundown. She had a photographer (sighs) there. Our friend Max actually did come, but he was hiding in the bushes with his drone, so we got drone footage. I mean, Jody, she planned it to the nines. I I, I felt over the moon so... I felt so special. You know, it's really special when, when someone does something like that for you. And anyway, we are engaged. We do not have a wedding date yet. Um, we, we are living the fiancé life very happily. I love it. I love it. And I love the story. And I did when you looked up at that, at that sign going by, and I know I always look up at those signs too. And yeah. like when it said, Olivia, will you marry me? Did you think, no, this can't be for me. This must be for some other Olivia. And your name is not spelled like the normal Olivia way. It's spelled with an A instead of an O. But did you, Uh were you like just in total shock? Total shock. It it was, uh, when they say out of body experience, I actually know what that is now. Like, I I, I was shaking. Again, the best way to explain it is that in in a millisecond, um, a, a a, a moment, just any moment, as it was, was turned into the most important moment in my life. And that emotional shift 
was crazy to feel. You know, I, I, and every time I watch the, the footage, I, you, I can see myself going through the, the emotions and it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how, how exciting it is to be proposed to. And you said she made it so special for you. And I know that she did, you know, we can, we don't need to go into all the details because I I saw all the pictures and it was gorgeous and (laughs) the ring is gorgeous. And it was just a beautiful moment, the pictures that I saw, but that feeling of, somebody going out of their way to make you feel special. I think that is a very, very important word to use that is overused, that is overlooked, that Mm -hmm. we all, men and women, want to feel like a priority. We want to feel special. And if we don't feel special, then that's when the relationship either starts going sideways or it dies. And then again, wow. when I talk about relationships, that is powerful, it's not, thank you. That is, that is so true um, and so powerful. Thanks. It's I think um, that probably because I've lived through really, it. Yeah, exactly. You live and you learn. Yeah. And I think, well, I know that when we don't feel special, like you said, we go sideways or we leave the relationship. We start leaving it emotionally. And if it's a very highly sexual relationship, you know, the sex stays because a lot of us stay for the sex if the sex is super good. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of marriages stay intact because they feel that they need to stay for the children. And Mm -hmm. uh, they say most women leave a relationship or cheat. Not that we're talking about any of that right now because you just got engaged. But that feeling of special, this is what we're talking about, is that women cheat on their significant other when they don't feel special. For women, it's so emotional. They say men cheat for sex, women cheat because they don't feel (laughs) that they're they're getting enough attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, from the women I've spoken to many, many times, that is the reason they've either left a relationship or they began another relationship. And that feeling of special, of being a priority, of making sure that, hey, babe, are you okay? Where are you? It's raining outside. I know you don't like it when it's raining and thundering outside. I got you. Don't leave the house or whatever it is. If that person, that person needs to be empathetic. And I think making that person feel special has to do with empathy. And you can't have a loving relationship without the priority and the empathy. Mm. Preach. These are tweetable moments, as Oprah says. Seriously. Wow. And I, so I wonder true. if you feel, do you feel that way with Morgan versus any other relationship, and that's why you fell in love with her? Yes. It's simple answer, yes. She makes me feel special in ways that I never knew that one could feel so special. Um, she is really the the first love I've ever had and will ever have. She she does she prioritizes me and our relationship, and that is so important. I mean, and then also just to make this full circle with our conversation about confrontation and arguments. Um, someone once said to me that the goal for both parties in any situation should be to protect the relationship. So that doesn't mean figure out who's right. That doesn't mean, um, it, it, just, it just means to, to both want to protect the relationship. And it, again, a, a feeling special is, is, it's such a simple way of saying something so complex, but at the same time, it dumbs it down in a way that I hope that the listeners will realize, wow, I've been semi-neglectful of my partner and their feelings and mm-hmm. whether it be their emotions, their, their sex life, their, the dinners they make, whatever it is. Make your partner I think feel special. Yeah. I think there's a connection between the confrontation 
and the special because I think a lot of times we need to confront, let's just say, our significant other that we're, it's because we're not feeling like a priority. We're not feeling heard. They might, we don't feel, maybe they hear us, but they're not listening to us. And I think that maybe we could even relate that to in the workspace, even though most of us are working remotely now. But if you have a coworker that you've been saying, hey, I really need you to get this done. And, you know, you keep going over the same story over and over again. And you're like, hey, we need to talk about something because we can't do the job for this client or this customer properly without the communication. And again, it, it might make somebody feel like they're, they're not being heard and we all want to be heard because we do all have something yes. to say. Yes. Yes. Wow. This is so powerful think, and, and so relatable. Do you think that women are... This is just us talking, and I know lots of millions of people are listening to us right now, but we're just two women talking, and we don't have to have any scientific background right now. But do you think that, um, I know you've been in other relationships with men, but do you think overall, Mm -hmm. do you think women are better listeners than men? Um, I really have to say that it, my my initial inclination is to say yes. Um, that being said, there are plenty of women who are only concerned about themselves and their own best interests and therefore really don't listen so much. Um, I, I'd be willing to bet that it's, that it's split across the board. And I think that there's so many, and I know that you said just simple, simple question, just us talking, but I, Really, I'm thinking of the people that have, are in my life, and I think it's split. I think that, you know, if I could make an overgeneralization here, I think that women, I don't even like saying that. There are, there are many people who feel a need to express themselves and have their feelings be heard, and then there are those who are just content, but I don't think that it splits among gender lines. Um, I think it just varies person to person. I think that's a perfect answer. I think that's a very perfect answer. Thank you. So (laughs) what would you tell somebody that, um, so a bunch of things have changed in your life. You fell in love with Morgan two years ago. You're engaged now to get married. When we don't, when, when you're getting married, we don't know. It's fine. I don't, we don't care. We don't care. I'm, we love Morgan. We love you. (laughs) And, um, I'm all, I'm, I love both of you. And so, but what would you tell somebody who is in their 30s, they're looking for love, and maybe they haven't found the right person, and you've done a lot of self-discovery mm-hmm. and lots of self-reflection. You've, you've, you've walked through the fire. You've mm-hmm. gone home and told your parents, look, I'm, I fell in love with Morgan. This is who I'm dating right mm-hmm. now, and now you're engaged to her. So for somebody who is either lonely or looking for love and hasn't found it yet, is there any kind of advice mm-hmm. you could give somebody that's in their 30s? Because I think a lot of yeah. women in their 30s start thinking about their biological clock. And right. there's a lot of societal kind of it, pressure. Yes, there's a lot of societal pressure for to get married, to have children. And, and you know, for me, right. it was in my 20s, but now it's in your 30s. So what kind of advice could you right. give, you know, to any millennials people, out there? Yeah. All right. Um, get, stop staring at your cell phone. That would be the first bit of advice. We cannot truly get to know other people or even meet other people when we're staring at our phones. Now, I know there are dating apps on the phone, and I support that. Listen, I, I've done it. I, I support it. It's a great way to get back out there if you just had a, a breakup, a great way to boost confidence if you've just had a breakup. So in that, in that line, I do support and, and recommend the dating apps. Um, if you're not the most gregarious person, it's a great way to get out of your comfort zone and communicate. That being said, and, I, and COVID kind of switched, kind of changed the game here, but, but let's go to, back to pre-COVID. 
the amount of people sitting in a, in a bar, it, it's, this bar probably was filled with singles, that the amount of people that are on their cell phones, they could all probably find a nice date or love in that bar. But we're staring at our phones. We're distracted by, by the whatever we're looking at, whether it's text messages, Candy Crush, sending selfies, I don't know. The phone is such a distraction. So you've got to get your head out of the phone and look up and smile and meet people, um, which actually it brings to mind um, you did a, a podcast with a woman who wrote a book where the main message is, is here's why and how to be nice to strangers. Right. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Olivia was giving us some advice on dating tips. And I think one of the tips, the, one of the best tips she was giving us, the first one was to get off your phone and to, if you're in a bar, everybody, if you go to a bar, and I've noticed this myself, you go to a bar and you see everybody looking down at their phone. Everybody is looking at their phone rather than putting it down, breathing, looking around, and having a conversation with somebody. This is pre-COVID. And during these times where you can't really go to a bar and you can't sit down next to somebody and start a conversation with them, it's a little bit harder. The dating apps are great because it does get you out of your comfort zone and you are able to maybe start reaching out to people if you don't have the confidence. You're just trying to get out of, you know, you just got out of a relationship and you need to jump in there and just get some feelers out to get some confidence to get out there. Uh, but I know that people are dating now. Uh, it's a different kind of way of dating, but I love the advice that Olivia gave was to get off the phone and uh, because so many of us are addicted to it. So I wanted her to give us a few more tips about dating and maybe some of the pressures that um, women and men might feel in their 30s. I think more so it might be women just speaking from a women's woman's point of view that, um, you know, with our biological clocks taking a little bit, uh, we feel the urge, but I, I urge all of you to chill out, just chill out. Don't think about it. Just open yourself up, open your heart, do some self care, self discovery. If you're not meditating, if you're not taking time to be still, to get to know yourself, Try doing that. Try just sitting still. Olivia and I talked about that at the beginning of the show where self-care is very, very important, and we were going to get that. So if we get her back on, we will talk about what she does for self-care because she's gone through a lot of discovery and figuring out what works for her, um, building back her self-esteem and self-confidence, being able to speak and live in her truth, and now she is in love and happy and fulfilled and has a joyous heart and I couldn't be happier for her. So for a lot of people that are in their thirties, forties who are dating, I started dating in my forties after I got divorced and I had the time of my life. It was the beginning of dating apps and I had a great time. But right now um, I think the best advice is to get off your phone if you can and look around um, if you go out for dinner or you're sitting at a bar, even though there might be some petitions between them, put your darn phone down because, first of all, it's really bad for your posture. And uh, get those shoulders back and look around and maybe um, have a conversation with somebody, mask on or mask off, which whatever, whatever you're supposed to be doing. So I want to talk about self-care. And one of the things that changed in my life uh, was during quarantine was really having the opportunity because I had the time, I wasn't running to the studio every day, was to take better care of myself. And even though I ate well and I worked out, I wasn't taking the time to be still, to understand what my body needed, whether it was a hard workout with heavy weights, whether it was to jump on a bike, whether it was to run or to, to meditate or to do yoga. And during the time, three months that my studio was closed, I was able to really get in touch with myself. And I probably took better care of myself during those times. And so if you are 
you know, I think because we think along the same lines, which was why we are aligned so well, that Mm -hmm. I kind of picked up where you left off a little bit in that if if you're in a restaurant, if you're in a bar, you know, obviously pre-COVID, it was a free-for-all. Now it's a little bit different. We don't have that amount of freedom. But if you do go to a bar and there is a partition, two or three people, uh, you know, just put your phone down, look around, see who's around you, you know, yeah. take it all in. And I was even talking about yes. the posture. I mean, if you're, you're constantly, your shoulders are in and you're looking down at your phone, you know, get your shoulders back, just take it all in and appreciate that you're healthy. Right, right. Because also the bottom line is interacting with others makes us feel alive. It makes, mm-hmm. it makes, it makes life exciting and enjoyable. Um, and I think we can all sometimes forget that, especially, you know, in the dead of winter where we just want to be cozy on the couch with a book and a movie, not at the same time. Um, we, we can forget that. But then once you get out there again, and also COVID has put a damper on interacting. But um, for me, I finally, I just uh, went to a, uh, two of our best friends, lesbians, just got engaged. And mm-hmm. I, I got to socially distantly see some of our, my best friends. And, um, it really made me feel alive and it's just so important to, to interact and to, to talk with those around you. I mean, Jody, you are the best at this too. You, you well, I strike a conversation I, with a, a big toe with a wall. I've, yeah. Right. I think that that's what happened to most of us. And is that we, lost during quarantine, we weren't able to, that was the hardest part for everybody is the lack of socialization. And then when we're put in a situation where we can be so we can safely interact with others, we are, we feel so alive because we need that human interaction. It's so important. And we have one minute left and I just, I want to just thank you so, so much for taking the time to be on this show, to give us your thoughts. I want to wish you congratulations again on your engagement to Morgan and may your life be filled with so much joy and happiness. And you are our friggin' rock star for being on this show with me. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. I love talking with you always, whether in front of an audience or not. And if, if, uh, anyone has any questions for me, they can reach out to you and you'll pass them through to my Instagram or email. I'm, again, totally down to interact with anyone. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.